0: Good morning, everybody. i say good morning, everybody. Good morning. Hey, that's much better. Hey, I am excited to be here, and I want you to know something, that God is good. God is good. I said God is good. If you didn't get that, I can say it again, but I think you got it that time. Hey, I want you to turn, and I want you to say hello to your neighbor. Ask their name. Ask their name. Come on, Rick. Ask their name. This morning, I want to talk to you a little bit about some things that Jesus said. Everybody ready for that? You ready for that? Okay. So I want to talk to you about Matthew twenty-two thirty-four 34 through 40. He says, but when the Pharisees heard that he had silenced the Pharisees, they gathered together, and one of them, a lawyer, asked him a question to test him. Teacher, which is the greatest the great commandment of the law. And he said to them, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your soul and with all of your mind. This is the great and first commandment. And the second commandment is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. I want to speak on this today. We forget that our neighbor's are to be saved as well. We forget that we need to reach out to others as well. And I want to tell you something. I'm a mature guy. I'll be 60 years old this year. Thank you very much. But I don't believe I'm 60 on the inside. Anybody else feel the same way? Okay. So I want to tell you, I don't think God's done with me yet, and I don't think God is done with you yet. And loving your neighbor is probably the one of the most important things because it said it is the greatest commandment. It said the great commandment. That means that we're supposed to love one another. It is hard to do this at times. Anybody get what I'm saying? You ever been driving down the road and your neighbor cuts you off? You know? Have you ever been like waiting for coffee in a line and you can't get that coffee because your neighbor's in front of you? You ever went to some place like McDonald's and waited in line forever for your food and then you get there and it's all wrong? Your darn neighbor got that wrong. We've got to realize who our neighbor is, correct? Now let me ask you one question. I'm just going to be real with you. I'm a real guy. I like to be real. Anybody but me have somebody that when they walk in the door, you tend to turn? (laughs) Am I the only one here? Okay, so that means that I got something to work on, right? Okay, and I want you to understand, it's hard to work on those things. There's a couple people in this room that I want to point out right now that I love with all my heart, and I highly, highly, highly respect Pastor Mr. Farmer back there. Mr. Farmer, no matter where I go, he ministers and is friendly. He's always kind to everybody. And if you know him, he's always pleasant. Mr. Jim, Pastor Jim, always pleasant, excited, always wanting to do things for other people, always an encourager, always wanting to help somebody else. Mr. Ed in the back room always greets everybody, always encourages somebody. You know, those are the people that I remember in my life. And there's one other as well that I love with all my heart, and he might not know it or not, but it's Pastor Don. He's back over here in the corner. And I still call him Pastor because he's ministered in my life so many times. You know, it's great to have friends in your life that encourage you. And the question that I want to ask you this morning is not only are you loving your neighbor, are you encouraging your neighbor? Are you encouraging somebody else? You see, because there is so much negativity in this world that the enemy has put forth that he wants to stop you from ministering to other people. Now, some people say, and some psychologists say, and if you were here Wednesday night, you heard Alan Barnett. Did anybody hear Alan Okay. You heard Alan Barnett put on a smile no matter what, right? But yet in the background, he was suffering. See, but what if somebody else would have been encouraging him as much as he was trying to encourage others? See, I want us to capture today, you're not too old to minister to somebody else. You're never too young to minister to somebody else today. You're never a young adult too much to not minister to somebody else today. You are here because you want to hear Jesus' voice, right? Well, I want to tell you one. I am so excited to tell you that Pastor Gary and Wilma went to minister into their family, into their marriage this weekend. Does that not excite you to know that your pastor carries about, he cares about his marriage. He cares about you and he wants to go down, he wants to find out what it's going to take to increase his marriage, encourage his love to his wife, and not only that, but bring that love back here to share with us. It should encourage you that the pastor of the house, the servant of the house, wants to give his all. And not just stand back and go, well, Pastor Denny and Betty, you go ahead and go, and we'll just wait here till you come back. No, he said, I'm going to go, and we're going to encourage our family situation. We're going to bring that together. See, because we have to start at the house, right? We have to encourage one another. We have to love one another. And I think this world has lost the love towards people. I'm just being real with you. I've had people come into my store that they come in and they are angry. I didn't say hangry. (laughs) They are angry that their car broke down. I work in a parts store and a lot of people come in and they're immediately angry because their car's broke down. And it's everybody else's fault but theirs. You ever notice that? So in your life, is it everybody else's fault but yours? See, it's time to start showing love. The great commandment is love your neighbor as yourself. The great commandment. And we have to get to that point where we love one another more than we love anybody else. We love each other so much that we would do whatever it took because Jesus did. God did. All throughout the entire book of the Bible, it's about love. See, if we just narrowed it down, it's a book of love. That's all it is. You See, God created us because he loved us. God knew everything about you. But then as you grew up, you started taking on the world. And as you take on the world, you start becoming somebody else that he didn't create. You start becoming that person that starts either helping somebody else or running from somebody else. Now, I want to get to the point today that you fully understand where I'm coming from. And here's what I mean by that. It says in John 13, 34 and 35, a new command I give to you, love one another as I have loved you. So you must love one another. By this, everyone will know That you are my disciples. Whoa. You know how many people probably don't like me in this world? I'm being honest with you. I've had people come into my store and go, "Uh, no, I don't want to talk to Pat. And you know, that offends you, doesn't it? Does that offend you when somebody says they don't want to talk to you? So here's what I always do. I always say when somebody comes to my store and they say that, I try to go and, and find out what it is, what's going on. I try to find out, are they mad at me about something I said or something I did? See, because I don't want anyone to feel like I don't care about them. Anybody else feel that way? Anybody have something in their life, somebody in their life, that they don't talk to anymore because they feel like you offend them? Is it hard to stand up and be the person for God all the time? Yes, it is. It is. Now, like I said, I'm being real because I want you to understand I am no different than you are. And I struggle with this just as much as you do. But I also want to see God move just as much as you do. And I'm going to tell you right now, this church has been a blessing for all of us. This church is a blessing for the community, but it will not continue to be a blessing for even others, if we don't show more love, the reason why I ask you to turn to your neighbor is because we get, we need to get to know who's sitting next to us. We need to get to know who's coming to church. We need to get to know who these people are, not just superficial, right? We need to know who they are. We need to see if they need help. Some people call that a click. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Some people call that a click. You hear me over there, right? You hear me? Some people call that a click, but it's not a click. What it is, it's becoming closer to somebody else. And do we protect each other? We're supposed to protect each other. We're supposed to stick our life out for somebody else. We're supposed to help somebody in need and not be concerned about ourselves. But here's the problem in our society today. It's selfishness. Hello, I'm the first one to speak about that selfishness. So I want to give you four reasons why we should get on and move on with the church in order to grow today, okay? Number one, we need to learn to get over our fear of loving people. How many of you have ever been hurt by people? If you're not raising your hand, you got a problem. We need to talk about that. Come up here and pray right now. If you've not been hurt by somebody, then you got an issue, okay? Because we've all been hurt by somebody. We've all been touched by the word of gospel. That's what I call it, gospel. (laughs) Because everybody's got exhaust. They want to exhaust you to the extent that you have no more energy in your life. They want to tell you how bad you are to somebody else. And they want to share that with everybody in the community, how bad you are. Right? Or at least your surroundings and people that you know. So I had a guy hired this week. Sorry, i got to slow down a second. I got a guy that I hired this week, and he didn't know Christ. And I started telling him about God. And I told him I was preaching this Sunday, and he goes, preaching. So you a preacher? I said, well, everybody preaches just depends on what they're preaching. And he said, oh, okay. Well, yeah, I guess you're right. And I said, yeah, I'm preaching about Jesus. You start talking about Jesus. People are like, whoa, whoa. Now I'm in my workplace speaking about Jesus. And anybody know what I'm talking about? Whoa. If you're in school and you teach about Jesus, whoa, you start talking about Jesus and it's an immediate turn off. I noticed he didn't turn off, he stood there. So I started talking to him about Jesus and I said, Look, I say everybody makes mistakes. I say everybody's a mess. And, no, you know, the biggest problem with Christians is they judge. Whoa, gosh, did I just say that? <laughs> <laughs> whoa, <Woo. laughs> don't go there. Don't. In 1 John 3.18 says, Dear children, let us not love with words or speech, but with actions and the truth. It's harder to walk the walk than it is to talk the talk. See, what we got to understand is we have to love one another in action and in Truth. And if we do this, it changes the world. See, because somebody invited me to Elevation Church. Let me tell you my story just real quick. I was a senior pastor. Remember that, Jim? Senior pastor. I had a church over five years. I don't even remember how long. And while I was at that church, we were growing. We were expanding. We were doing great. And we lost our entire lease And when we lost our lease, we were like, okay, do we move on? But God told me quietly, it's time to stop. I was like, hang on. What are you doing here, God? I never had this done before. What are we doing? He said, you need to stop. It's time for rest. And I said, okay, God, whatever you want to do. And I had all the congregation coming to me going, okay, where are we going? What are we doing? Where are we going? And I said, we're not going anywhere. And they're like, what? What? And I said, it's time for you to find a new home. I said, I love you. I want to make sure you find a home, but it's time to find a new home. And my family, your family's the number one people that come to you and go, and I said, look, God told me it's time for us to rest. Shortly after that, we lost our granddaughter, we lost my mom, and we lost my father-in-law. And see, God knows I couldn't have gone through that and got up and ministered every single week. Am I right, Pastor Jim? That's tough, isn't it? Am I right, Pastor Don? It's tough. You know what I'm talking about. See, because it takes everything you have to spend time with God to pour in to other people. It takes, a lot of times people, the reason why they don't want to commit to loving one another is because they don't want to commit Uh Uh-oh, did I just say commit? Okay, sign on the dotted line, Adam. It's time for you to commit. It's time for you. See, you know, VBS, we talk about VBS coming up, okay? VBS is more important than you can ever imagine. Let me explain to you why. So mom and dad bring their kids. They get filled with Christ, and they go home, and fill their house with Christ. Then mom and dad start thinking, well, maybe there is something here. And they start coming to church. Then they get to know Christ, and then their mom and dad get to know Christ, and then all the family get to know Christ, and then the community starts to grow because of the children. Jesus said, let the little children come to me. Matter of fact, Jesus reprimanded the disciples for not letting the children come. See, so we have to pour into the children. So let me tell you, at age 60, I'm still going to pour into children. And I'm not going to stop pouring into children because they are our future. They are our evidence that there is Christ in this world. There is a Savior that will change this world. So we will love those children. We will take a hold of those children and do whatever it takes. But this is going to require us to commit. Commitment. The great commandment to love one another. See, I could choose to sit on my chair and my katushi all day long and not do anything about it, or I'm too busy Or I've got too much of my own stuff going on. But instead, I choose to help. I want to tell you a story. Uh, A few weeks back, Pastor Greg had a weekend uh, for the young kids, okay? Now, I'm not going to say kids. They were youth. These are youth. These are powerful youth, matter of fact. Back in the day, when they were 13, they used to get married. Do you remember that? That was in the 50s anybody remember that? Okay, some of them are not old as I am. Okay So true story. my mom my mom got married when she was 13 years old. My dad was 15, and they got married, and that was normal back then. Did you know that? That was normal. So' we're, he's talking to youth and ministering to youth that would normally back in the day be married. Isn't that crazy? That's really crazy. So he has this youth thing go on, and I felt like I needed to support him, and I needed to go there and help him. And I said, we'll be there. We'll do whatever it takes to be there. And I didn't try to get involved in what he had going on. I just tried to be there for him. Right, Teresa? You were there. And all of a sudden, one night, kids were coming up front and giving their lives to Christ. And all I could do was cry. All I could do was just cry. They were giving their life to Christ. They were poor. I mean, there was this one kid that went to the front altar, and he cried for an hour. Just sit there. He laid there. He was on his knees. He cried for an hour. He cried so loud that it was was disrupting to the rest. And Pastor Greg goes, don't worry about him. He's just God's solving some problems. And when he said that, I was like, yes, because it was true. When he got up, he felt totally different, and he was just changed. He was a changed youth. And I want to tell you what, you're not too old to go to a youth camp. You're not too old to go to a youth camp. Mr. Farmer, I would love for you to come to a youth camp. That guy could minister to some people. You tell me I'm wrong. Pastor Jim, if you went to a youth camp, you could minister to those kids. You see, the deal is, is Pastor Greg set it up, but then God took over. God took over. And when he took over and people were there, people got ministered to. So number one, learn to get over your fear of loving others. In Matthew, it says, love for enemies, You heard that it is said, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those that persecute you, that you may be children of the Father in heaven. He causes his sun to rise on the evil and the good and sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. If you love those that, who love you, what reward will you get? Are not even the tax collectors doing that? And if you greet only your own people, what are you doing more than others? Do not even pagans do that. But be perfect, therefore, as your heavenly Father is perfect. We have to reach our enemies just as much as we reach uh, reach our neighbors. Hello. That's tough. That's tough. Will somebody hold my hand while I go do that? That's tough. Am I wrong? How many of you in this room has got an enemy? Well, Satan's your enemy. You should be raising your hand. So we all got enemies. We all got people that don't look at us the way other people might look at us, right? And so it's our job to make it right with them. Hello, it's not their job to say they're sorry if you're in Christ. It's your job. Well, it wasn't my fault. You don't understand what they said about me. I was over here, and it was just, and she, oh, I'm telling you, it was terrible. No, it's your job to make it right. It's not anybody, it's not their job. It's your job to love one another. It's your job to change their perspective by loving them, by going out of your way to see them grow in Christ. Is that hard? Yes. Will you be blessed? Yes. You will see blessings come upon you. Not only that, there is a mind change that happens in your body. There is something that changes in your body. I hope you get this today. There is something that changes in you. There is a presence that you become closer to God because you got that sin out of your life. See, because it is a sin to have that enemy. There is number one right there. It is a sin to have somebody that you do not care about. It's a sin to hate your enemy. It's a sin to hate your brother. Let's go back to the beginning of life. Aren't we all brothers and sisters? Didn't we all come from the same God? Adam and Eve started it out. That's my brother. That's my sister. So I should love them even if it's just that case, right? I should love them no matter what. And they should know that I love them. They should see it. They should feel it. They should understand it. Now they're gonna call me every single day, Pastor Pat. You ain't gonna know. I'm gonna be on that call all day long. I ain't, I ain't gonna get my homework done. I ain't gonna get this done. I got so much to do. So, okay, Martha. I think I won't be Mary. I think I won't be Mary. I want to be sitting there listening to Jesus and changing lives. Number two, step out of your comfort zone. Whoa. You mean I can't go to Ponderosa every day? I got to go someplace else? Yes, you got to go someplace else. This means that you've got to get away from your normal mentality of doing stuff. If you don't get out of the way or get, hey, hey, wow. (laughs) That was actually pretty good, wasn't it? Thank you, Lord. God's good. We got to get out of the way. We got to get out of the way. Pastor Gary says something I absolutely adore. The happiest you'll ever be is when it's about somebody else. You know, most of my life, after 28 years, or 38 years, excuse me, 38 years of marriage, it's been about my wife and my children and others. And I love loving on my wife. I love seeing her grow. And when I first married my wife, she was the quietest little thing. Now I get out of the way. <laughs> it's like, all right, calm down. She came at me the other day. She was telling me, we need to do this. And I said, hang on. Where did this come from? You need to get back in your shell. But, you know, it's a true story, though. We've got to learn to love our beginning. We beginning love our wives, love our children, love our cousins and nephews and grandchildren, love them all. They will know you by your love. They will know you. They will know who you are. In John 13, 34, a new commandment, I give to you love one another. John 15, 17, this is my command to you, love one another. It's throughout the entire Bible, over and over. 1 John 3, 11, this is a message that you've heard from the beginning. We should love one another. Malachi 1, 2, I have loved you, says the Lord, but you ask, how do you love us? We still ask that question, don't we? Was not Esau Jacob's brother declared, declares the Lord, yet Jacob I loved. See, no matter what people do, love them. You're not going to change anybody. Hello, oh breaking news. <laughs> I'm going to put that on Facebook. You're not going to change anybody whoa, hang on, that's a new one right there. I don't know if I can handle that. You're not going to change anybody. But you know what you can do? You can go to prayer for them. You can pray for them. How do you not know that you're wrong? (laughs) I've been wrong before, right? Once. (laughs) I was wrong. But I've been wrong, just like everybody else. And... I need to pray, and while I'm praying for them, one of the things i push pushed to young adults lately in the last four, four to six weeks is find a prayer closet. Hello? Find a prayer closet. Now, what's a prayer closet? Why don't you identify that a little bit? Okay, my car or my truck is my prayer closet. I scream at God. I yell at God. I praise and worship God. I seek God's face. I go, God, show me the way. Oh, grab the steering wheel. <laughs> i do whatever it takes in in that vehicle because that's my prayer closet. Not only that, I have a certain spot. It's a bathroom at the house, and I love to get in that bathroom, and I love to praise and worship. I love to do that. I love to just, God, I love you with all my heart. I can't sing, but it's joyful noise. Let it happen, God. Let it happen. But see, there is change that not only happens in other people, but in you. See, they will know you by the presence of God upon you. They will know you by the words that you speak. They will know you by the actions that you have in your life. Support those around you is number three. Support those around you that are reaching the lost. So has anybody ever been to a basketball game and, or a football game, and that guy is scoring, hoops. I mean, he's like, boom, he's hot. He's on fire. Boom. He's on fire. Boom. He's on fire. All of a sudden you got this coach over at the sidelines. that's not doing anything right. And he goes, Hey, come on, take a bench. What's the fans always say? Why are you pulling him out? Support the guy, put him, put the guy in, put, keep him back. He's on fire. Let him hit. Right? Well, sometimes we do the same thing. We don't support the ministry of what's going on. We don't support things that are happening in the ministry. Did you see a lot of stuff going on today? I want you to know, <laughs> Rick tells me before I start to come up here today, he goes, 10 minutes of our adver- our announcements today. I said, what? He said, 10 minutes. I said, and I look up here, and Pastor Greg, patiently, <laughs> stands there for 10 minutes. I'm like, I'm back here, I just kept laughing. I was like, oh, boy, here we go. But, you know, that's how much this community has going on. That's how much this church has got going on, and you should be supporting that. I want to ask right now, how many of you are a leader? Would you raise your hand? This, a leader in this church. You've got a responsibility. You're in charge of doing something in this church. Come on, raise your, raise your hand. Keep your hand up. Now I want you to come up here. Come on up here. I want you to line up right here. Come on, Gail. Don't sit back there. There is, Pastor Dave. Come on, line up right here. There she comes, walking down the street. Just you can't go to your next slide. I'm not going to my next slide now, Lori. Lori is my slide. She's a slide maker. I'm you are coming. I got to get a drink of water. Oh, perfect timing. I want you to look at these guys. These guys are making a difference in the house. These, ga- these gals and these guys are making a huge difference in this community. They are working on a ministry helping others and supporting others. And there's others out here. I see you, Donna. There's others out here right now that are doing the same thing. And should we not support what Christ is doing in the house? Should we not pour into what's going on in the house? Should we not see growth in the senior ministry? Should we not support the senior ministry? I want to tell you, Gail (laughs) and um, Carl. (laughs) Sorry, Carl. (laughs) Gail and Carl, um, they put up the chairs one night and we have to put chairs up over here and take chairs down. And they put up the chairs on a Wednesday and they were having, seniors ministry was having pizza. And I got to tell this story because I absolutely love it. And Gail and Carl contacted me and said, hey, do you want us to just keep these up? Uh, Because tomorrow night you're having your service here. And I said, yes, if you don't mind. And I came in and it was all set up. It was perfect. And we supported each other. And I contacted her and said, you need these tablecloths back? Nope, throw them away. But you know what? That little thing, hello, makes a big difference. Because that means I didn't have to spend an entire hour moving chairs and setting up. So it works so good. It works so good that yesterday men's breakfast was set up for you guys. We, yeah, we left it out here For them and it started the team started working together and started joining together and we started seeing love work within the community within the church you see what happens in a lot of churches is oh this is my group don't touch my group don't you be touching my group don't you even talk about my group hey I love coffee this woman makes sure I got coffee I love eating. She makes sure I got eating food and stuff. I can't go without this lady. She's got a master's in English. You wouldn't be able to read my words up here. (laughs) This man right here, I support him with everything in me. I want you to know that. I speak that publicly because I believe what he's doing is our future. And what his wife is doing is our future. This man right here, you wouldn't be able to hear a thing without him. (laughs) He controls all that. This couple right here gives me life. Every day they pour into my heart. Every day they text me, they encourage me, they pray for me. Every day. She just joined the praise team. What? This man here I've known almost all my life. I love this guy. He plays the best Santa Claus ever. (laughs) This guy right here, every time I walk in the door, he says hi to me, and grabs my hand like he loves me and misses me, and encourages me, and tells me he loves me, and tells me he's proud of me. This guy here, every single time I pull up in the parking lot, He's got that little machine he rides around in. And he says, you want to ride? And I'm just two feet from it. But he wants me to get in, and he gives me candy while I'm in there. Can't you tell? This young lady just joined our praise team not too long ago. It's been, what, six weeks, eight weeks? Maybe longer? Am I close? I know I'm close. Can you... Can you think about this for a second? You getting up on stage and singing in front of everybody else. She's blessing us because she's pouring out what's inside of her. She's given her all to do that. Not only that, wet watered ministry. Well watered mother. Well-watered mothers. Still got to get it. Well watered. We drank well water when I was a kid. This woman, I, I'm going to tell you right now, I can't do it without her. Cannot do it without her if my credit card receipts are not turned in. She'll take my credit card I'm not kidding you. I'm not kidding you This couple right here seniors ministry young people support this ministry I Came in one day You were having a dinner here a luncheon and I walked in there was more seniors in this room than I've ever seen in my life They were everywhere and I was like, yes, that's a good thing that's a blessing. And they're pouring their Not only that, they work full-time jobs. They are busy. And they still pour out. Not only that, Carl's working on a project down here with one of our other guys. And he continues to bust it. He's tearing it up. I've seen his work all over the community. And then my brother. <laughs> my brother from another mother. <laughs> this guy, I love this guy. You don't understand what he does in the background to be able to bring forth Christ and the Spirit of God. He has to pour in to him and his wife in order to get up here to pour into you. He worships all week long just to worship in front of you to pour into your life. This man doesn't ever want to have confrontation. He'll be the first one to let you be to let you win. He'll let you win. But he'll love you while you're winning. He will. But he'll also say, I just don't think we should do that. (laughs) I love that. Don't you? But to do that every single day, all year long, to come in here and give his life and pour into somebody else's life, to give everything he's got to do that for you. Isn't that amazing? Would you come up here for a second? I'm going to ask the others to sit down. Let's give them a hand. In 1 Corinthians, it says, uh Uh-oh, I better wait. Lori's giving me... (laughs) Okay, so support those. Support those around you that are reaching the lost, And if you don't think you're supporting them enough, support them some more. If you do think you're supporting them enough, support them some more. Don't give up. You know, it's about your mind change. It's about you changing your mindset about who really loves you. Jesus loves you with all of his heart, his mind, and so he loves you. He would give everything he has to see you come to know him. He would give everything he has to see you come to know him and your enemies. Whoa. Hang on. I don't know if I want to bring him to church. <laughs> they stink. In First Corinthians, are we there? Yeah, we're there. Love is patient. I say this every time I marry a couple off. Every time I marry a couple off. You ever heard this before? It's uh 1 Corinthians 13, 4 through 8. Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It's not proud. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always preserves. Love never fails. But where there are prophecies, they will cease. Where there are tongues, they will be still. Where there is knowledge, it will pass away. But love will never pass away. Love is the creation of what we have. I want to tell you, my fourth and final one is don't give up. Don't give up. And I want to talk about Carrie Strug for a second. This lady, she was a a young girl at the time. She's probably 13, 14, 15 years old somewhere. Somebody might know the age of her. I couldn't find it. At the time this happened. So Kerry is in the Olympics and it's in nineteen ninety six Olympics and it is very close with the goad. America could win or America could lose. United States was on the edge of winning or losing in the Olympics, in this particular type of uh, deal that they had going on. What do you call that? Uh pole vault or not pole. Gymnastics, thank you so much. Thank you. See, that's why I got my brother here. (laughs) Thank you. I appreciate that, too. I, I do appreciate it. So Carrie Strug goes up, and the girl before her goes up and pole vaults off and spins in the air. And when she lands, she lands on her rear end. That girl was supposed to be the best of the best of the best. And she fell in the middle of the Olympics. Gave it everything she had and fell. All dice, all everything fell on Carrie. Carrie got up there and she went and she spun in the air and she come down and she landed on her foot. And when she landed on her foot, she fell. Something happened to her ankle. They didn't know what it was. Carrie walked back. And she waited for the judges. And she got to go one more time because she only had two times to do it. And she held her hands up, and they gave her the clearance. And she ran, and she spun. And she was in the air. And when she came down, she broke her ankle. And she stood there. She held it. With everything she had, she held it. And she turned the other way. And they cleared her. And she fell on the mat and could not walk off the mat. 1996, we won this particular competition. And the reason why we won is because that young lady didn't give up. And she she ended up tearing. NBC News said she did it at the cost of three torn ligaments. They had to take them out. 15 years old. What are you known for? Do you give your all? Do you give everything you have? I'm asking you that because it's time to give everything you have. If you're not giving what you're supposed to be giving right now, it's time for a change. It's time for you to step out of your comfort zone. It's time for you to go to your enemies and make it right. It's time for you to go to your friends and fellows that you know that there's a confrontation with. And it's time for you to change that. It's time for you as a Christian to change the atmosphere. And when you do, there's going to be a break. There's going to be something set free. In the, it's going to happen in the community. It's going to happen in your life. In Hebrews 12, verse 1 through 3, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that is easily entangled, and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus. Fix your eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scoring its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him, the endurer, such an opposition from sinners so that they will not have to. See, if you give everything you have, somebody else is going to get it. Is it about somebody else or not? It's about somebody else or not. You've got to think about that. Is it me? Is it about me? Or is it about somebody else that's supposed to come to know Christ? You know, we complain a lot that them people don't know Christ. But what are we doing? What are we doing? Are we going after them? Are we seeking after God with all of our heart? There is people in this room right now I know for a fact can change lives. There are teachers sitting in this room that change lives every day. Don't be scared. Don't be fearful. Tell about Jesus. But you know what? As I said earlier, it's about your actions, not your words. You can change people's lives. In Romans 5 it says, but God demonstrates his own love for us in this while we were still sinners. Remember being a sinner? I do. I was an alcoholic. I was 21 years old. I grew up, started drinking alcohol when I was seven years old. My father supplied it to me every day. I drank Fall City beer with salt on the rim. Then I drank hams, yeah, like I worked up. (laughs) Then I went to Jack Daniels. Then I went to 151. Before too long, I was such an alcoholic, that I didn't even know I was an alcoholic. Somebody stepped into my place and gave up everything they had to change my life. Somebody gave it up for me. And they look now at me and go, wow, I can't believe what you've become. But you know, God called you the entire time, but you held back because the enemy knew your calling. The enemy knows your calling. It's time to break loose from that calling and come to know God in a closer relationship than you've ever done in your life and watch what God will do in your life. It's time for ministry, it's time for change. I want you to just picture in your head for just one moment, just one moment, picture in your head, everybody in Scott County comes to know Jesus. Woo! Every kid, every drug addict, every alcohol, they shut the, all the alcohol down in the community because they don't need it no more. Their sales have dropped. The drug addicts stopped coming from Mexico because they can't sell nothing in Scott County anyway. Everybody there knows Jesus. There's no more hatred. There's no more enemies. Would you just imagine it for a second? Oh, he's on a dream cloud right now. He don't understand what he's talking about. What if you just start with your own life? What if you started with your own life and started changing all the people around you? What if you started touching people's lives that's right next to you? What if you started being real? You know, Pastor Pastor, uh, Greg said, uh, I don't remember where he said it, but he said something to me about, take off your mask. Show who you really are. We need to take our mask off and be real. We need to quit being fake. I need to learn how to quit cussing. I need to learn how to quit drinking. I need to learn how to quit smoking. I need to learn how to do a lot of things, right? But you know what? I don't need you to tell me that. I need him to tell me that. But all I need is somebody to love me, and I'll get through it. That's all you need. When somebody else shows you that they care, it changes your life. Oh, I don't think you heard me. God is good. God is good. Amen. Let me ask you to stand. How many of you in this room need to change? Come on. How many of you in this room need to change? You need to start loving one another. I want you to come down here. Come on. Now step out in faith. Come on, step out right here, line it up. Come on, here comes Donna. She'll lead the way. Come on, step out in faith. How many of you need to change? I can tell you right now, I need to change. And they call me a pastor, and I need to change. I need to change. I want Christ in my life more than I ever have had him in my life. I want to see God move in my life more than I've ever seen him move in my life. And I'm not just up here yelling at you, I'm yelling at me. I want God in my life more than he's ever been. There's somebody out there that's not coming up here that needs to come up here. I can tell you that right now. You think you're not worthy. You're worthy. You're worthy. You're so worthy. You don't understand. You're so worthy. You are so worthy. You're so worthy that God gave His only begotten Son so you can be delivered from your sin. You're so worthy. Come on, pray with me. Come on, if you're out in the seats, I want you to lift your hand and pray for these people. Come on. Come on, pray with me. Come on, pray with me. Come on, pray with me. Father, Father, we love you. God, I speak change. I speak change over people's lives today, God. The ones that have come forward, God, I speak change over their lives. God, I speak the Spirit of God upon them more than ever. I speak right now, they're going to rise up and be community leaders, God. They're going to be people that change this world, that change this community. God, it starts at home. Let's start today. We're going to start today. We're going to change people's lives. Come on now, repeat after repeat after me. God, God. Come on, God, God, come into my life. Come into my life. Change, my heart. Change my heart. Let me love one another. Let me love one another. In, Jesus In Jesus' name. Come on, let's worship.